You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-hosts Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another stress-filled week of Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We are officially closing out May this evening, fellas. How are each of you feeling this evening as I'm joined by my normal cohorts as in Jason Lyons and Ken Alfred? What are you thinking, fellas? <laughs> well, it's been a rocky road so far. The last few games had a tough series with Tampa Bay. And then we started having, uh, like I, I tried to mention earlier in the show, that at least we're winning three of the last five. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'm more on the optimistic side. I'm not freaking out yet. I don't know. Maybe it's just this whole thing that, remember that preseason where they said we're actually supposed to be like one of the ones that are tempted to win the World Series or one of the... No, I have no idea what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think maybe I have a little bit of that in me, but I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't freak out yet. You know, we're just doing the roller coaster. That's all we're doing. Yep. So we get swept by the Rays last week to finish off last week's episodes and whatnot, Jason. We get the Twins and we finally get a series win back. Yeah. I was very excited with the friends of, of ours on the on the walk-off podcast on Sunday evening uh, celebrating that one. But we are now looking at finally getting a win against the very horror of another team in the same spot with the Brewers. Yeah. And I mean, I think that the, the sort of the, the tale of the tape this year so far has been sort of the repeat Great efforts by Kikuchi, Berrios, and Gossman. Um, I mean, they are carrying the load right now. Um, without them, we'd be in serious trouble. I mean, we've got offense for days. We can usually hit our way out of our problems. But, you know, when we go up against real, real, real teams, we run into issues. Um, I feel like I'm still very optimistic about the team. I feel like, you know, they've had a couple of swings and misses, but it's really been the other end of the starting pitching the middle relief, uh, you know, yeah. they've just been letting them down. And, um, you know, I think we've sort of strangled this cat a little bit, but I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is until it gets into summer. And um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry until they drop about 10 in a row. I'm not going to sweat because I mean, you can even make that gas back up later on in the, with a 3000 game schedule like they have. So it's, I mean, it's hard to watch right now. Um, some of the games are super fun and the other ones just stink. And, you know, I'm hoping that they can take two from three, uh, two, two of three from the Brewers, um, and sort of get the ship back pointed in the right direction. And then who knows with the Mets, they're, uh, very similar to the Jays where they're, you know, win a lot, lose a lot, win a lot, lose a lot. And, uh, you know, underperforming. Yeah. Sideways performing. Yeah. On a tilt. We'll just say it that way. But gentlemen, I, I, Jason, you mentioned a little bit of this as far as you're not freaking out. You're not man in the light boats at this point. Ken, how are you feeling with the stress of the up and down here? Like I said, I maybe it's just me, but we talked about this a little bit when I was a guest on the, the walk-off over the weekend. And it's just, it doesn't feel like anything's safe. And it's kind of getting a little rough. <laughs> they're, 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 they're playing with our emotions. And there's not even playoff season yet, right? So I think with the Jays right, right now, they do, you know, we do, but at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, like I think I totally agree with Jason's point. Either we're doing really well or we're struggling. And I don't know, I don't know if it's a scheduling thing because I know when we played all everyone in the East, we seem to struggle with them except for that 20 to one 
uh, victory we had against the Rays. But uh, it seems like we're having a hard time with our... That's why I was hoping play, maybe playing other teams. Hope we might give us our confidence back a little bit uh, just yeah. so we don't have to deal with the East until later on, like you guys mentioned. But yeah, I think what uh, I tried to get too upset when I'm looking at it because it's like, well, I can't hit and throw the ball better than they can. And I'm like, okay, this is something that... You know, because it's easy to armchair quarterback when you're watching it. Like, oh, why did they try that stuff? Why yes. did they do this, that? But, you know, we're not the experts. So. No, I mean, it's right now it's kind of like the first time you give your toddler a giant glass of red juice and they have to walk from the one end of the house to the other across your brand new white carpet. You know, like there's a step and you're like, ah, no. and then they seem to write the ship and then, ah, again, like that. So, I mean, it's you're wiggling your way to the end zone. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, along that way, you know, we've seen we've seen players really shine and we've seen, you know, some we've seen the acts, you know, some guys come up and do well, which, you know, again, I love that. Um, but I mean, the constants on the mound are being matched by the constant, um, you know, with the bat, which is Boba Shet. I mean, the guy is I mean, he's he's otherworldly right now. Yeah. Yeah. And just to say that is Boba Shet bundled night tonight at the ballpark they're giving out the replica jerseys and the uh headband thing i gotta i gotta so i gotta talk about that so junk is the the company that makes the headband so my one son carter has long blonde hair so we call him thor so i ordered the things from jump plug for jump but not a plug for jump because i go onto the jump website and in canada you can get a very limited amount of these headbands and you can't get the boba shell how much sense does that make I mean, the guy is, he's the only guy in Canada that's notably wearing this thing and you can't get it. Not to mention a stud. Yeah. And you can't, the other ones you can't get are like the Philly fanatic one that uh, Bryce Harper wears or like, I can see these marketing opportunities. Ken, am I wrong here? Like there's marketing opportunities everywhere and no one's taking advantage. Yeah. So listeners, yeah. At the end of the day, so John, so the only way to do this is what? All right, all listeners, if you Give want a boulder chat there like that, just ask Craig, ship it to Craig, and then Craig will ship it to you in Canada. There you go. <laughs> or if you all just want to ship it to me, I'll make sure I, you know, start taming this mane in a whole nother fashion. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Although my wife told me not to do I'm that. Getting close to having my full boat boba shack going again, but yeah. you know I'm in management, so I better hurry up and trim it for my day job, right? Uh, I think with all the, a little bit getting out of hand. So it's almost summer. Yeah, I tried to grow my hair. My wife threatened to shave my eyebrows if I grow too long. So can't do it. <laughs> so, but to the point outside the junk, literally, um, Boba Shet is the offense for this team and still continues to be the offense for this team. And we're starting to see some of these other pieces maybe starting to get going, which is very encouraging. Over the last few weeks, we've seen George Springer show that he actually has a pulse. Mm-hmm. Um, Alejandro Kirk had three hits last night. And that included two RBIs, I believe. So that's very encouraging. Um, so maybe the rest, it looks different. Kirk Kirk looked different last night. He looked like he's finally settled in. He looks like he's on his back heel and he's hitting off his back leg. And and he doesn't, the first couple of games he was back from, you know, even early in the season, he's really skiddy at the, at the plate and it's slowly taking its time to get to where it is. But he was smooth yeah. and Kirky last night. Correct. And, but to that point, a guy that didn't get spring training because right. of the yeah. birth of his child, all that kind of stuff. And not to mention, okay, great. He did have his child. So is his head fully in the game until the, like the last maybe couple of weeks, you would think, maybe things have finally settled down. 
or mom and dad are finally kind of in a norm. It could be. A million one things it could be. <laughs> and the little ones around, I get it. Yeah, like, I, like I'll, I'll make this really quick before we get back into it. I used to be, I'm still a very conservative driver, right? And this is before the pandemic. So when my daughter was born and I only knew my wife's a big fan of like sleep routines and all that sort of stuff. Sometimes I only get maybe like an hour or two once I get home from work to play with my, with my daughter. So from turning from a conservative driver to what I would get on the, on the road, I would actually start to be super more aggressive because I want to actually get there. So, you know, that totally threw me off. And then eventually got back to our team. Maybe that is the same thing with, with, uh, with the Maple Beef right now. It could be a few things, but to that point, it, Jason, you hit the nail on the head. It looked like a different guy at the plate last yeah. night. And I'm very encouraged to see where that's going to take us over the next week. I think we would be remiss as well to not talk about Calvin Biggio. Jeez Louise. I mean, I know every time everybody thinks he's about to get cut, it's like, and there he is. Yeah. And <laughs> he gets three hits and steals a base and looks unbelievable, but good for him. I mean, He's making hay when the sun shines. Every single time he gets in, he contributes. Um, I mean, Wet, Wet Merrifield, again, he's been, you know, if he's not your unsung hero up to this point, yeah. uh, you know, on the season, I don't know who is. But, um, yeah, it's nice to see Calvin get out there and, and rake a bit and hit the ball around and, and um, look like he's having fun doing it because it, yeah. it, uh, that was a tough start to the season for all three of them. And, uh, you know, good, just good to see him sort of happy and, and – um, you know, playing ball. We've been saying this for like the last season and a bit. It's like, we all want Kevin to do, we all want Bijou to do well. There's something about him, right? I don't know what it is that we want him to succeed. But, uh, you know, he had, a, like you said, a rough start in the beginning. But when he does hit the ball well, it, it's great. We just wish it was more consistent, right? Well, it's a three-headed monster. You had him, Bichette, and Vladdy all day, every day together, all through the minor leagues. And the funny fact that most Blue Jays fans do technically miss a lot of times when they won all together in the Meyer leagues, especially in New Hampshire, that year, Kevin Biggio was the MVP of the New Hampshire Fisher Cats for that season. Wow. He was the league MVP for the Eastern League the year that the, the Fisher Cats won with John Schneider, by the way. <laughs> so um, to that point, the talent is there and everybody has seen it in those glimpses. But it's never put together in a consistency. And then you get to the point where you do see the holes in this swing and you see what the major league pitchers are taking advantage of. And you wonder if it's really going to take that next step. It really would never shock me that he eventually turns it on. I just hope that when he does finally put it all together, he's in a Toronto Blue Jays uniform still, because that's still, <laughs> we were talking about this <laughs> and, uh, is then uh, before and, um, as Scott Belfort of the walk-off was even saying, if he ends up being the best Tampa Bay Ray in the next three years, he's going to be very angry. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I made that joke back in the day with Dalton Pompey, and I loved Dalton Pompey. I really thought he was going to be the next big thing, and um, he got to a point where mentally he was like, you know what, I'm just going to go on the go on his way. So I and uh, I think he's trying to do Japan now, something like that. I heard, but it's a rumor. <laughs> um, but anyways. The Blue Jays have been super stressful. We're starting to see these teases on why the team could go from being mediocre and stressing us out to great. And that has been the mantra for the whole season. How do you go from good to great? What is the holdup for you guys at the moment on why they haven't taken that? There's a many a multitude of reasons. I'm going to call out one here, and it's the base running over the last two weeks has been pretty atrocious they finally figured that out i think in minnesota 
and have carried that so far in a, with the Milwaukee series back at home. Jason, Ken, when do you want to pick that up? Well, I mean, I agree with you. The base running hasn't been bad, hasn't been good, and I don't know who's changed. If something changed, if they had somebody else making those calls on when they went and and you know the timing of them and the rest of it, or if it was just you know poor base running. Um, I mean, I feel like we asked, yeah, true or good catchers. <laughs> I mean, some of them are just really great catchers. Um, I think for me, it's those holes in the starting pitching that are just crushing us right now. Um, you know, Manoa is not performing well. It's like I said, I mean, ba- Bassett's had a few tough goes and they just don't seem to be getting the support when they start to to sort of spiral downwards where, you know, you need the team behind you to pick you up. And, um, you know, you see a lot of sl- a slumped shoulders after the third or fourth walk or the fifth walk or, you know, they give up a- another, you know, massive hit into the gap and score two. And it's I mean, I get it. I get when you think that you're better that you, you know, you you think that you perform or should be performing better than you are. But I mean, you also have to be part of that solution. You have to be part of the fact that you're working hard to get the the result that you need. Um, I mean, that's it for me. I mean, they're hitting the ball really, really well and, and otherwise seem to be fielding well. It's just uh, base running and pitching for me. I yeah. felt like that attention to detail got lost over the last couple of weeks. And it seems like they're finally getting back to that. So hopefully that's the right tip of the right direction for what you were saying. Ken, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it, I echo Jason. Sam. Is, is there something going on with the pitch? I don't know what it is, right? Because we have really great starters, but like like you said, Manoa seems to be struck. He can't seem to find his location. I don't know what it is. Kikuchi seems to be our best pitcher, but he still has a high ERA, right? So, you know, and for some of the other ones, we can't either give them the support, either the pitcher is taking us, the starter is taking us to almost a victory, and then our, our middle relief, a bullpen, you know, doesn't pull out in the end or they just, the starters just seem to struggle for what it is. And you're looking at all the records that, that we have for them right now. You know, Gossman's been striking out guys like crazy. Out of all of his starts, he's still only three and three at this point, right? So it seems like there's something missing in that middle relief to, to the closing part. I mean, aside from Romano, Romano's going to do fine. But uh, I don't know. I just wish there was something. Hey, Kenny, yeah. don't forget though, with Kikuchi, I mean, his ERA might be almost five, but his whip's only 1.40. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. we were just going through this. It's funny you would bring it up because, you know, as we we get closer to our all-star season for, for our little league teams, we start to evaluate the pitchers on our teams. And in some cases, you'll look at a kid who's got a big ERA, but his whip is really low. And then you have to look, dig deeper. I mean, I know Kikuchi's a starter, so he's not coming into situations where he can get himself blown up. Sometimes ERA isn't your best gauge of how someone's going. And I mean, if you look at the three guys that are running for the Jays right now, that's what they're doing. I mean, they're keeping their whip down and, and uh, you know, they're getting outs when they need outs. And uh, so, I mean, I, you know, super strong on that side of those things, for the, especially for those three guys. Walk me through the whip. What, is it, what does it mean? And is it better to have a high whip or a low whip? Low. It's walks. Go ahead. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah, it was walks, hits, and innings pitched. It's yeah. the ratio of that. So but go ahead, Jason. You were going to dive yeah, in. I'm trying to find some uh, other fun. <laughs> yeah, so that's, you know, that's basically what it is. So when, you're, when your whip is low, that means that your, you know, your walks versus hits versus your innings pitch is, is a very low average. So if, if your ERA is, is low, but that is high, again, there's something you're giving up runs, you're giving up hits, you're giving up opportunities. Maybe they're not scoring on them, it's still not super strong, you know. So, I mean, 
to say that 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 an ERA is high again, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things that go into to these these you know metrics put against these guys. The big one for me is always W's, um, you know, or or games they led to wins. You know, like if Kikuchi pitches six solid innings and they go into you know the seventh tied and they end up you know Romano gets the win or whatever doesn't matter as long as he had a good outing and pitched well. Um, that can affect those things too. So, you know, again, I, I don't like to look at the stats until the season's over. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those things where you can't really trust what you're seeing. Um, and you have a game like like Tampa they, where they give up 20. I mean, that guy's ERA went through the roof and <laughs> nothing more than just he gave up, right? Like they give yeah. up at a certain point and they're like, oh, here comes another meatball, you know, like, so, I mean, his ERA's horrible. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it came in the ninth inning too for that twenty run game where well, yeah, like almost, yeah, crazy, like ten in the ninth. Oh man, why can't we have money with those games? No more of those games, man. We need some of those. <laughs> this builds so, character, Kenny. This kind of stuff builds character. This is where go. you find out what kind of team you are when you tank a few to you know to Milwaukee in the middle of the season. <laughs> Especially when they're literally the bipolar, bipolar prop, you know, opposite of us as far as if you were going to clone the uh, Toronto Blue Jays in the National League, they are the equivalent Milwaukee Blue And Milwaukee Blue are leading their division. Is it nice to see Telez at, for, uh, in back in the uh, in Rogers Center? I got nothing but time for Rowdy Telez. Mm-hmm. Enough, like I told you, I don't know if I told you guys, but he's part of the reason that this is a barroom chat for Blue Jays fans because he was on one of the first episodes. <laughs> so, he was? And we weren't drinking beer, I swear. <laughs> now, Roddy Celez was, um, I ran into him at a Buffalo Bisons event and chit-chatting with him. And I said, hey, we have a podcast. We'd love to have on have you on and have a few beers. And there you go. <laughs> Bob's your uncle, right? <laughs> it's funny we would just it's funny we would just bring this up. So my good friend Dan Einhorn, who is um he is streaming, but he couldn't get the question in. Um, he was just saying, What do we think right now as a three headed, you know, Hydra? Who's a better first baseman, Telez or Vladdy? Well, well, one's won a gold glove and the other one hasn't. Well, I mean And to that point, he was the apprentice of he was Roddy Telez. So has the master, you know, been eclipsed by the student at yeah, this point? Maybe here, this point, maybe. maybe. Little Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I would love to see DH and Vladdy or DH and um, first base be traded off between the two of those guys right now. Would be a wonderful thing for Toronto Blue Jays fans to have. But it depends on what happens eventually with the Milwaukee Brewers because they're leading their division, and Roddy Telez has been a big piece to that. So. I guess no. No. Yes. 250 with 12 home runs, I believe. Something like that. Wow. He's double digits already, which is very impressive. So mashing would be a nice way of saying it. Or getting rowdy. Rowdy. Getting rowdy. (laughs) (laughs) So, but back to where we were talking about with the pitching. The starting pitching, there's a wonderful new world of uh, saber metrics that everybody always talks about. And there's this one that I actually... I have a little bit of care and weight into with pitching and is trying to quantify the run prevention piece really. And that is it's called FIP or field independent pitching. And when you're looking at it, it's the same thing as what we were talking about a few minutes ago with the RA, the idea is to get it low, but it takes into account home runs, walks, hit by pitches, strikeouts that you 
the fact that you could cause a strikeout, it's this really, really weird mathematic thing that I don't want to look at the logarithmic altitude yeah. or algorithm that really gets to it. But is pi involved? Pie we need pi. Is pi involved? <laughs> but the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, the two guys that you we, we've called out in this conversation here that really need some help are way over their career numbers in that category. Alec Manoa being the guy I'm talking about, He's a 6.15 field independent pitching number right now. And then you see the contrasting end of the spectrum to this to Kevin Gosman, who has been locked down and hasn't gotten those wins because the nights that he's pitched really well, the Blue Jays offense didn't always show up. (laughs) So it's those kind of things. He has a 2.52 fit. So, and as to put that out there, I Thought this was a little odd too, because you know that Musa Kikuchi has been doing well, but he's to your point, opportunities is what we were talking about here, is what this really boils down to. And he's not much better than Manoa in that category. He's a 5.97. And then a guy that's been very spurtsy with Chris Bassett is just over five. Jose Barrios is on the lower end of Major League Baseball at 3.79. He's been unreal this year, by the way. Correct. Like, I mean, we shouldn't we shouldn't forget that. He has been, and he looks like a guy who's pitching with just uh, so much confidence. Like he's picking yep. corners, he's throwing throwing to spots. A guy will swing at a bad, you know, at a bad pitch, and he just smashes it right back, you know, right back into that same hole. And the guy looks back at the ump and the catcher, and he's like, "Who? What? Who does that? Who goes right back to where I know he's going to go, and I still can't hit anything?" Mm-hmm. So, there was a guy in Yankee uniform that used to do that in the ninth inning all the time. You knew he was going to throw that same pitch and you just couldn't. <laughs> so, but I, I think Jose Barrios has turned the corner, turned the page on last season. Yeah. And I think the metrics 100% back up the evolution that has been Jose Barrios to this season. Yeah. And at the point you do see the... The person, like I said, that's technically in the middle of that conversation is Chris Bassett because his metrics are a little weird because to that point, the whip part that Jason was alluding to is completely off the scale of the other direction. (laughs) So this is the fun with numbers you get to have with Major League Baseball and the fact that I quote one of my favorite baseball movies of all. You really pay attention to those stats? Yes, they track everything. They count everything in Major League. <laughs> they count how many times they tip the pitcher tips their hat before they throw a pitch. I assume. Correct. How many times a player spits in a game? I was about to say the next. I was about to say that one next. The spitting. Yeah. <laughs> how many seeds that uh, you know Teoscar Hernandez used to throw at players? <laughs> oh boy! Which, by the way, he's still doing for Scal Mariners fans. So <laughs> I'm glad to see that in the midst of a trade, that character is still 100 percent the guy you should be. Yeah. So, <laughs> but. Guys, like I said, starting rotation. There's a mixed batch there, even though we know that the starting pitching has been a perk so far this season. You look at the bullpen and things get really very extreme to the fact on those numbers where you see the field independent pitching go from elite level between Tim Meza and Jordan Romano and enough Nate Pearson. And then you see a bunch of mediocre. And then the guys that are really having a bad problem, Adam Simber has got a horrible fit at eight. <laughs> and you got a couple of guys like Zach Pop that were dying to get back 
that are in that really high end of that too. So there's a lot of guys here that we just, like you said, you don't have that slam the door outside of Romano. And to that point, even Eric Swanson's numbers over the last couple of weeks tweaked a little bit because of some bad outings, but I don't see that being something. I don't think these are real numbers for him. Just like Chris Bassett, we were talking about a few minutes ago. But the fact that you have seen that our bullpen is a glaring hole, <laughs> I think it's you see that buried in the math here too. As an interesting sort of aside, do you guys feel like this whole Anthony Bass thing might be um, half smoke, half him trying to hide befi- behind the fact that he hasn't had a very solid season and they pay him quite a bit of money? Oh, you mean like, oh, look over here? Yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of maybe he'd fit right in on the Yankees, you know, like yeah. <laughs> and 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 I you know I think you know it's it's fair for someone to have their own politics and I don't want this show to turn into a political you know satire at all. You know Correct. what? Keep your mouth shut. D- tell yeah. your friends. I don't need to know what Anthony Bass thinks about anything. You or know, do I care? Yeah, or no, yeah, or do I care until you say something? Airline isn't it either. <laughs> yeah, I was about it's, to say the airline thing was uh, didn't help. Right. And then this doesn't yeah. help either. It's like, I guess I don't, I'm because I'm not, I'm not on Twitter. I don't post a lot of things about, you know, what's going on, especially my opinions on things. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm old school that way. I'm like, yeah, just keep it within your circle of trust. And, and to that point, all Blue Jays fans, just so we're clearing on the level here, all are welcome here. Yeah. Please join the conversation. So. Anthony Bass lovers. Yes. Anthony Bass haters. <laughs> yes. Well, we welcome you Game to on. equal yeah. opportunity people here. We we this might actually be the only place Anthony Bass could come to talk. <laughs> you know, to that point, even you know, you talk about other people that have a horrible Twitter history. You know, Marcus Stroman's giving him shit even on Yeah, I know. Yeah. Stroman's <laughs> taking a lot of heat for his nonchalant play to first the other night, too. I don't really have a problem with that. Do you guys? Um, I mean, he's throwing <laughs> a good game, he's winning the game. A guy hits a, a comebacker to him and he kind of does a little and catches it and then Throws a guy at a one. So what? As a guy that's had a comeback or hit at him before, you had that breath of, I'm alive. <laughs> and that was me in like, you know, high school baseball, not, you know, major league baseball. That guy's hitting a 110 mile an hour pitch back at you. So, yeah, I, I would have taken that breathe and that sigh of relief and given a little over to first base too. It's just how. So. But at the bullpen, there's going to be something changing, I think, in the very near future. Go ahead, Ken. I was going to say, I have a very unpopular rule that we could try to implement. We should try to see if Major League would do it. If the pitchers can actually wear batting helmets. So any of those comebackers that come and hit them in the heads. They've given the pitchers the opportunity to do that, actually, over the last few years, Ken. Guess what the pitchers said? What did the pitchers say? It's comfortable. Yeah. (laughs) One thing to wear it for an at-bat that might just only last for a few minutes. They gave them the... Um, Jason, you probably remember this, the padded hats. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a full helmet, but it was... Really? Yeah, it was dumb as hell. Yeah, it was like wearing (laughs) one of those big foam hats that you would get at the novelty store. You know, it's like a big hat that goes like this, and it's got a... Turd Ferguson. You guys remember Turd Ferguson? (laughs) Turd Ferguson. Ferguson. It's a funny hat. Our younger listeners (laughs) will not really know that, but yes, Turd Ferguson. Just YouTube Turd Ferguson, people. Hashtag to Turd Ferguson. It is a uh, classic uh, Norm Macdonald playing Burt Reynolds on Celebrity Jeopardy on that Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I imagine the Celebrity Jeopardy stuff is great. Yeah. Turd Ferguson. Funny. <laughs> so, um, but 
There's one guy I think that's stepping up, Jella, uh, fellas, as far as you see the issues that we were just talking about with Bass, Garcia, um, Adam Simber has been up and down. Trevor Richards actually has been pretty solid, which people were calling for him to be dropped and released and that, that, that over not that many weeks ago. And then the other one here who has been, could be a savior in our bullpen if he keeps on this kind of trend that he's been doing as he gets put into more and more leverage places. I think Nate Pearson's actually a major leaguer, boys. I do. Yeah. That's about the best way I can say it. I got to win. He's got to yes. win. He looks very confident. He's uh, He's got command of his pitches right now. Um, he's not wasting any pitches, which was a, a classic, Nate. He used to waste a lot. You know, you'd, you'd dance around the outside to try and get in the middle. He doesn't even care anymore. He'll just, he'll charge you down the middle and then start dancing. So, I mean, that's always a sign of a confident pitcher when he can go to his main two pitches and burn one by you or throw a hook that you can't even touch or, you know, so he's, he's, he's riding the wave right now. And the hope, like I think we're all, you know, hoping is that the middle can pick back up. They maybe get six or seven wins in the next 10 games. And then, you know, we're moving into that. Yeah. We're moving into June with some momentum and, and, you know, some heat and then July, you know, July is where things are really going to start to get, uh, you know, very interesting. I think Um, lots of games, um, lots of of, uh, opportunity to make points. Uh, And I mean, we have to understand that there are going to be teams. uh, Yes. Folks in the American league East that are going to start to falter. It's going to happen. No one can operate at this level. (laughs) I mean, you know, I don't think it's going to be the Jays. I feel like um, I feel like Baltimore is going to hit a cooling off. You know, Tampa hit a cooling off. I think the Red Sox are set to have a decent sort of terrible couple of weeks. Um, you know, it's it's coming. And as long as the Jays can keep fighting and clawing and pushing through those those hard times, these two game, you know, three game losers are they're not as a fat, you know, they don't have as much impact as as, you know, a bad three weeks. Yeah. When series is yes that that's all it is mantra yeah win yeah. series, win the series. worry about the next don't worry about three games at a time i'm only playing these guys yeah don't think about anything else tune it out i know it's hard <laughs> but if you keep that mantra even as fans guess what you're gonna have a lot better mental health as a blue jay fan over the next few weeks <laughs> if you can keep that mantra going um jason i know you said you went to wander off earlier is there anything you would like to throw in here really quick uh, not really. I mean, I think that, you know, again, I'm very interested to see the outcome of the, the game tonight, see where they land. You know, again, I feel like this is a sweepable series against Milwaukee, even though they're a good team. We seem to match up well against them. Uh, we've done this a couple of times already this year where we've got caught up against a team that people are like, oh, they're going to take it really hard. And, and and they seem to run through them pretty solidly. Um, you know, I'm 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 I'm. Keeping the faith, uh, and anybody who's watching the uh, the the minor league stats, the Vancouver Canadians are absolutely on fire right now, and what they've got the win four the other five. night. Yeah, twenty. 20 to, they had they've had two like nineteen and twenty run wins. Um, but you know that being said, you should check out their division as well. Like I mean, 
you know, they're they're right now leading with a 25. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 5 and 20 record. Spokane's 24 and 21. Eugene's 23 and 23. Everett's 23 and 23. It's the American League East. Try cities is 23 and 20. Hillsboro's in last place in 19 wins. It's a six win difference between first place and last place. So you know, I love it, Ron. The American League East. That's my, that's my report from Nat Bailey. There you go. Uh, we have to make sure we get you more on that. I think that was uh, that was well played, sir. Yeah, I can do that. So I got one last thing to be good, unless you got to run like two seconds here. Let's say. You get this continued performance from Nate Pearson. Are you replacing him as the setup guy over Jimmy and Eric Swanson right now? If you were assuming you're going to keep this level of production over Jimmy, for sure. I mean, you know, he as as far as I'm concerned right now, he could actually be he's at a level where he's giving up so many quality runs and so many um, bad at bats that he should almost be taken out and taken down to Buffalo and let him try and work whatever's going on because he misses, 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 and then throws it just an absolute turnip. And you cannot do that. You can't, you can't exacerbate your misses by throwing a duck. You have to yes. keep fighting. You know, and, and we've talked about it. Manoa is struggling. He's struggling. But you know what he does? He keeps fighting to Absolutely. try and get that spot. And he'll I get think it eventually. No reason he hasn't gotten a demotion, honestly. We were, right. I think that would be we. I would be wondering what that would do if he was able to take the focus out of the major league level and just go to Buffalo for a little bit. Yeah, and just say, "Hey, you're here for three starts. You're coming back up in three starts." But Garcia's evaluate things. But who do you bring back? Right. You might as well let him. Yeah. Yeah. Work it out. <laughs> I agree. But, but I, I think he's due for a fresh set of eyes. So I hope they bring somebody into the club just to help him out on the side if they haven't already. Um, I'm thinking Pat Hankin. He's traveling and ro- roaming for the team already. Get him in there and take a peek at Manoa. He's also said that. Don't worry about Manoa. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Kenny, what are you thinking? Are you moving? Uh, are you ready to watch Nate Pearson move up a little bit here in the pecking order? If he's rolling off the momentum, absolutely. Just let him, let him do it, right? Because like you said, I think with Jimmy Garcia, He's been struggling. Like I remember, he he kind of cost us the game during the Baltimore series when we were there at the Scott where, three times, yeah. I think, in the last couple. Yeah, weeks. and uh, it, he has to work it out, whatever it is. And like I, I agree with Jason, put him back to Buffalo for a little bit just to clear his head, give Nate Pearson a chance to see, you know, to get some more more reps. And if he can pitch like he's like he's been pitching lately, why not? A six twenty ERA in twenty four point two innings. Yeah. 
Ouch. He at least needs to be. I I can't I can't watch him in Leverage anymore. It, it's got to be at least that. <laughs> move him up, move him up into the regular innings, and I'm in the ballpark of let let Nate Pearson run with it. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. Until he hits a roadblock, keep moving him up. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, he could surprise lose. everybody, and he could he could really do a job for the Jays. Um, not only as a setup guy, but as you get, like I said, as you get into July and August, you may need him to go for a couple of innings of relief. And we know he can do it. We know he's a horse. You know, you can throw him in there. He'll pump three down their throats. You know he will. And yeah. so does that expand his, I think he has the most. So if, if you've got relief pitchers who have, you know, Simber used to have a little bit of a, a gap where he, you know, he could go one, give you one good one, or he could give you three solid, you yeah. know. And I see that with Nate Pearson where, you know, if they have to put it on Nate's shoulders and say, Nate, we need you to get us through seven, eight, and into nine, he's more than willing to say, all right, I'll chuck gas for three innings. Like, you know, it's, it, it is what it is, and he can do it. And, and I think that right there is the evolve of his game. Did you see the Rowdy Telez at bat last night? Uh, I when, saw the highlight. Okay, against Nate Pearson. Uh-huh. Yes. So for the Blue Jays fans that missed that, at bat, Nate Pearson knows Rowdy Telez. He played in the minor leagues with him. You know, it's they're aware of each other. He knows that he can throw gas. Nate Pearson was such a jerk <laughs> in this at bat and threw him nothing but curveballs. And that curveball was being thrown for strikes or just low of the zone strikes. Rowdy didn't stand a chance. It was it was all like hilarious to watch. Because you can see him just going, really? That's <laughs> what so you're going to throw him? Why don't you throw him a knuckleball yeah. while you're at it there, Pearson? Just... Might as well, but that is the elevation of where his game went. You knew he could throw smoke, and you knew you were never going to be able to hit it. It's in the 100-mile-an-hour average at this point in the season. He's at least in around 98, I think, was what I was reading his actual average fastball speed was. That's nuts. <laughs> and then you had an 86 hour curveball that you just in there and drop in. Good luck. You're not going to yeah. hit that. And that kind of contrast and the fact that he's throwing that curveball for a strike. Third strike for that bat against Rowdy Telez. You saw him getting ready to hit that thing and it was coming up a thousand miles an hour. I'm going to finally get the fastball he's thinking it is that that thing is coming in at the eyes and just goes boom, right into the zone. Strike three. Watched okay. it by the uh, Manoa just gave up a two run tater to the to the tuna Abraham yeah. Toro. Like uh, it's early so, though; it's only the second inning. Yep, yep. But to that point, we're seeing similar battles to what Nate, um, Alec Manoa has been going through this season so far. Um, and first inning wasn't too rough, but he's already in the second inning, as you pointed out. 42 pitches and a two-run home run in this, and he's got two outs in the second inning. Yeah. So there's optimism there. It could be just that was the one duck he threw, but he's also given up. That's a lot of pitches in two innings. That's the catch, and that's what really has been hurting him. So, but to that point, maybe maybe he's not doing anything different. Has anybody thought of this? That his is just better this year? could be just nobody's swinging at it this year. Yeah. Uh, Oh, they're not falling for it. I often have to tell... Our kids get frustrated, you know, they, when they're not throwing the ball right down the middle. And I keep telling them, we don't want pitchers to throw them right down the middle. That's where guys make parking lot balls go. So even in low league, 
when you when you're a nibbler and you're and you're just paid in the black and you're not getting those calls because you've got another 12 year old that's calling a 12 year old's baseball game you have to realize that when you get into a real tournament or a real situation where an adult umpire is making the calls you're gonna get them and you know that turns into a you know the stripe on the black is this wide when you're a kid when you're a pro the stripe on the black is like you know it's like the width of the fingernail is yeah. the difference right so I mean, we're, we're, we're hard on Manoa right now, but like you said, how much is he missing by and, and are guys just savvy enough now that they're not swinging at those, those, those pitches that, that they were last year. Mm-hmm. And when you talk the difference between somebody that's had success and hasn't this year so far, really doubt that's the whole story, but you have seen teams just sit up so far this year. So but to that point, I want to segue a little bit here into where I was going with the rest of this conversation. I think you kind of tipped at me with an at Bailey report here a little bit. There is some really good things going on in Buffalo. <laughs> and outside of, I wish it was better pitching so we can have some other conversations. Um, right now, the pitching is abysmal and there's not really clear stand- standouts, especially starters. You're talking Casey Lawrence, the bat is the best pitcher right now with a 4.86 ERA. And we've seen him in Toronto the last couple of years. It's a good guy to have there, but I'm not ready to break in case of emergency. I'd rather let Manoa run with Manoa before I'm worrying about bringing up Casey Lawrence to eat innings. And I'm not doing what I've been hearing on Blue Jays Twitter about get, Oh, Nate's looking great. Stretch him out. No. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't even Don't think about do it. it. It's not broke. Don't fix it. <laughs> he's finally got confidence. You play with that. You want to talk in the offseason? Great. But he is destined to be one of the best Blue Jays closers at this rate in some point. And he's got competition with Romano. That's a fun competition to watch at the end of our bullpen, being a very interesting dynamic for the next few years, if that's where things go with, with Nate Pearson. But on the hitting side, gentlemen, there's been a lot of good things going on, including a second baseman, and maybe this is why Kevin Biggio is all of a sudden picked it up. Um, have you seen what this gentleman named da- da- Davis Schneider has been doing for the Buffalo Eyes? I, uh, I actually just <laughs> looked it up, and the interesting thing, it's interesting you would mention it. So um, I remember this guy. I remember this guy from the Canadians last year, um, and he's got a sweet stash up in, uh, in Buffalo right now. But uh, this guy went yard. We were at a game last year, and I feel like he hit three home runs in the same game. One of them to straightaway center at Nat Bailey, which has got to be, that's got to be 420 to clear it. So if you're going over it, you're hitting wow. it 430, 440. And um, it was it was a nuke. Like, I mean, it was not even a, a question that it was it was gone. Um, he's a good baseball player. Um, he's a pr- little bit prone to, to errors in the field, but... I think that that comes the more major league experience you get. The ball's getting hit a lot harder at you. Um, but he was a decently solid second baseman. Good wheels. Um, got a decent act to play, it seems yeah, like. Yeah. In uh, 30 games, he or 43 games, he's got 27 walks to 44 strikeouts. I'd say that's an average, a normal for these days hitter. <laughs> you know, he's walking enough to justify those 40 strikeouts <laughs> instead of not doing anything at all. We're, you know, we're a long way from the years of Tony Gwynn striking out a whole 10 times in a whole major league baseball. Season. Yeah. <laughs> That's a true fact. You can even look it up. I know it is. <laughs> I was reading something. Um, actually, it might've been an interview with Tom Blavin recently talking about Tony Gwynn. And remember that rotation 
Tom Glavin was in a rotation with a Cy Young Award winner, Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, him, and then there was always two really good other guys. Those three main guys I was talking about collectively only struck out Tony Gwynn five times every time they faced him in their careers. Career. Careers. Careers. Not Not one year. Careers. (laughs) Careers. Those three gentlemen only played in the National League their whole career. It's insane. So that's collective years of baseball talent. It's somewhere in the 45-50 ballpark years. What were they saying that Tony Gwynn could take almost 1,500 at-bats right now and not get a hit and his batting average would only drop like two points or something ridiculous like that? That sounds about right. Yeah. (laughs) All right, boys. I got a jet. Anyway, have fun, sir. But Ken, I want to talk a few things about these Meyer leaguers as I throw some of these numbers out at you and they're ready for an audition. Peace out, Jason. (laughs) Whoa, three people. There we go. So... The Blue Jays are looking for that spark. What do you do next in the midst of looking for a spark? Maybe you look around the farm and see if there's something that might just be added to the sauce here a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, That's this. This Davis Snyder guy has 11 home runs so far. (laughs) At the minor league level. And that's leading the Buffalo Bisons. And he's been doing that more of late than he has in collective through his 43 games. You've been talking about second base is kind of a hole at the moment. You could put with Merrifield other places. Does Kevin Biggio stay hot? I hope he does. I hope he does too. But you talk about they've already brought up another guy in Ernie Clement. I'm impressed with Clint. I'm I'm impressed with Clement, actually. He's actually hitting the doing really well, actually. I like that. He's a gamer. I'm I'm very interested to see what a real shot from him actually does because Rochester native to where I'm from. And you don't see many major league baseball players come from this area. So I'm very interested. Yeah. So, uh, but to that point, David Schneider, probably the next heir to that thrown to the, what has become the Nathan Luke spot on the roster. (laughs) But um, there's a couple other guys too. And he's playing third base currently, but he's played some second base as well. Gentleman by the name of Rafael Tigua, who is batting a mere 310 so far has four home runs and he's been just knocking guys in like crazy. He's got 22 RBIs and just to put that in perspective, Ernie Clement earned a call up and he had 25 RBIs. About the same amount of home runs. So, if you get on base, helps this team at the major league level, right? Absolutely. We need to do it. Yeah. And then the current other gentleman that I would think that might be a possible I would have said this would have been a better talk a few weeks ago if he was still doing this when Brandon Belt wasn't hitting yet. Mm-hmm. But Spencer Horowitz has been a Blue Jay prospect for a really long time, and he's showing the fruits of that labor and the Blue Jays sticking with him this year mm-hmm. with the fact that he's got a 315 batting average and 29 RBIs. Not a lot of home runs, but he's making great contact and driving in guys. Yeah, he's contributing. Exactly. And, and he's been in the mint that he's also scored 20 runs too. So that on base is turning into him even star, mm-hmm. which in this lineup, even if he's just the throw in DH lefty outfielder slash give Blatty a day off at first base, it's a guy they could use. I don't see why not. Because right now they're not going to make that trade, Ken. We're not no. getting that guy tomorrow to fill no. in any of these places or be that next igniter of this offense that we really need it to be. 
Um, are you starting to get curious of what might be possible by just bringing that fresh hand in? Well, you know, I'm always thinking like, I don't follow it as, as closely as you guys, but I'm all for, you know, bringing in someone that can definitely, you know, let a spark for the team. Right. So I'm all for it. I mean, I, I think, I don't know exactly who we should bring or if, cause it seems like right now, like right now I take a look at the Jays now we're hitting the ball really well. Vladdy hasn't really hit a home run yet at the rod at the Sky Dome. I'm going to he call has not. Sky Dome. <laughs> he has not, which is very weird. So yeah. he can hit the ball almost anywhere else, right? But he's, he's you know, and he, but the thing is with with Vlad is that his average is still pretty decent. He's still getting hits. He's still driving in a lot of runs. It's just we're missing that little offense that we're used to seeing from him, right? I think maybe people might be surprised to say who's going to be like the leading home run hitter for the Jays. Everyone's going to assume Vladdy. Yeah, right now that is not the answer. No, it is Bo. <laughs> it is Bo who's hitting the ball all over the place. Yes, Bo knows home runs, and he's hitting the ball really well. And uh, you know, I just wish if Vladdy was very similar to that in terms of home runs as well. Like you know, he's not that far off. Don't get me wrong; it's not like he has like zero home runs. But you know, I guess maybe we would expect Vlad and Bo to be a little bit more, you know, trading back and forth who's leading the team in home runs. <laughs> you know? But to that point, Vlad has definitely slumped. This is a guy that has went from 350 batting average to 290 over the last few weeks. So, and I think he's been fighting an injury. I really do. That knee injury that he tweaked, there's something going on there. I hope he's okay. I really do. But I don't, you don't see it translating on the field, but he's taken some really awkward swings since that time. Mm. And I'm curious if there's maybe just, the power isn't there because of it or something like that. He feels fine, but he did just having an extra little to drive oh, with is maybe not 100%. But the one thing that I'm loving to see over the last week, and I think this is going to eventually lead to him just being blatty again, he's acting more like himself, goofing around in, a lo- in the locker room the last two or three days. Yeah. Um, you can see it in the dugout. It's not... Um, he was very upset, and you could see it written all over him in that black and the Tampa Bay series. They go on the road to Minnesota. Okay. A little more fun's happening. Now you see a little bit more as I'm, you know, there's flashing on the sports that feed right now. <laughs> so just to be fun. But to that point, I, a fun Vladdy is a performing well Vladdy. And if he's starting to have fun again and not be crushed by all the weight of thinking he had to do everything, maybe the hot streaks come. Yeah, I, I see him that, uh, you know, like you said, he's probably still just being somewhat consistent in terms of, you know, all right, he's still going to produce what he's going to do. But yeah, I think he's just like one at bat away where it's just going to take him and he'll be smashing balls like we, like we would expect, right? So it's just one of those things. I don't know if it's a particular game or a particular moment, but I have a feeling that when he gets on fire, oh man, it'll be like, they'll be jet. They'll be chanting MVP on every at bat, right? So, Sun's out, guns out. There we go. <laughs> so, but I don't, I don't think he's too far away from that. I really don't. But we'll see what happens over the next few weeks because I do start. I'm starting to see his mannerisms play more to him and his goofiness and having some fun in the locker room here. And to that point, I also wonder if we were talking about what that catalyst is. I feel like we're missing that goofing around ballpark a little bit in the last, you know, for the season, honestly. It was happening while they were winning. You could see it. But uh, that thing that just powers you through slumps has yeah. been missing for this team. And I'm not saying bring the home run jacket back. No, no. I think this team needs their own home run jacket equivalent or something 
to be that centralizing, unifying, unifying front. And right now, I don't know if that's a new person coming to the club, them figuring out a culture thing for their own team, whatever it might be at this point. But I think that catalyst is, it can come in many forms. I think that's one of the ones that could have this team. Wait, which, which team has the trident when they hit a home run? Is the that Mariners? is now the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> Steal the trident. We'll see how that works. When we storm the Seattle ballpark in a few months, one of the fans <laughs> brings it into the next <laughs> So, but to that point, I, but then it's that kind of thing, kind of. It, it's amazing what something like that that can unify a ball club can do. Yeah. And right now, I feel like that is the last piece. You know, you can see certain things clicking, but that whole overall click hasn't happened. It could be something that stupid. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? They should so, just bring in Joe Boo. That's all we got to say. Bring it could Joe. be that. Yeah. A little voodoo. Never know what you're going to do. <laughs> just don't steal his rum. Very bad. Don't steal Vilbo's rum. <laughs> so, Ken, uh, that was more or less what I wanted to chit chat with you about because uh, I would say that my focus was going to say dictate more where we think this team is going, but we talked very much that mixed with everything this evening. Is there any topics you were thinking you wanted to get off your chest as far as Blue Jay fandom lately? Are you just happy to see Rowdy Telez again? Anything silly? <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing right now. But like I said, just enjoying the, enjoying the ride, right? It is, like I yeah. said, we don't, we don't want it to be a roller coaster. We just want it to keep going up and up Correct. and up. That's all we want, right? Occasionally drop, but it can, it can occasionally drop, but you can't have another month of May and expect no. you're out with this whole thing. Um, only winning 10 games in May, and obviously they have a chance to win more tonight, with tonight being the last night in May. <laughs> but going into June, they need to get hot as summer heats up. And Absolutely. the schedule, unfortunately, over the next few weeks, Ken, still not helping. <laughs> They're going to have to find it on their own. And yeah. I think that's the best way of saying it at this point. So they finish yeah. up with the Brewers tomorrow. Just for your info. So that's one more game against a team that is in fellow slumping, just like the Toronto Blue Jays are. They also have only won 10 games in the month of May. <laughs> so, like yeah. I said, they're almost a mirror image of what the Blue Jays have been doing just in the National League. And in a division, they get to be comfortably still sitting in first place. <laughs> fair. <laughs> Not fair. And then we have the New York Mets that we're going to go travel to Queens, New York, and go play the Mets, going to Ooh. see the Mets. Um, we are going to see both Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander in that series. The catches, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer don't look like Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer currently. Good. Are you scared? <laughs> just as long as it's not against us. I just hope they don't turn back into their sight on word winning themselves. There's a lot of hardware on those got two gentlemen's shelves and a lot of payroll. <laughs> Yeah, they can totally get back, just not against the Jays. Correct. Be every other day, be everybody else. Just let us win. So after that little day trip over the weekend, basically here for three games to New York, the Blue Jays do come back next week and have a seven-game homestand. Nice. They do have to play the Astros. Oh, and Astros are playing on top of their game currently, and then they get to play the Twins, who they just had the lovely fun of beating up a little bit. So hopefully there's some high hopes there for that series next week, the coming weekend of the following. After right. next week's Jaber watching. <laughs> so go. 
The Astros, unfortunately, are looking like the World Series champs. I think the hangover, Ken, from last year's uh, World Series parties finally moved on. <laughs> and it looks like they're finally doing that. I just think it's hilarious that Jose Abreu, of all people, masher for the, the Chicago White Sox for decades at this point, hit his first home run of the season on Sunday. 40-something games into the season, finally gets it. Jeez. And the celebration was quite epic. <laughs> it's like he hit his 400th home run of the season. It looked like it. Yes. <laughs> the uh, Houston Astros had a really good time. You know, busting his balls, clearly, about finally. Yeah. It was like a pop the champagne level of yes. celebration. So, But hey, whatever it helps to get his confidence back, that, that's great, right? If they want to treat it like a World Series victory, great. I've always enjoyed Jose Abreu. I hope him all the best. I felt like he got done wrong a little bit by being stuck on all those Chicago White's team, White Sox teams that he did. Yeah. They had some really good teams, and he was the centerpiece of it in his prime, and they did nothing. <laughs> it's very Horrible. much like Mike Trout. Yeah. <laughs> or a World Series. <laughs> so, or but to that point, yeah. Mets and Astros over the next seven games after tomorrow, Ken. Um, what do you think in series wise? Do you think the Blue Jays find it on the road in the, coming back against the Astros? Or do you think this is, uh, say, above 500 over the next week and we're looking pretty because they do have a chance to beat up on the Mets who have been having some issues. Not to mention two pitchers that I alluded to are clearly having some issues. Do you think there's a chance for the Blue Jays to steal that series over the weekend in Queens? I would not be surprised if we didn't, right? Just for the fact, like you said, if we're not getting the uh, the pitchers who are, like I said, hopefully they're not going to perform. But uh, hopefully some of the, these wins that we're going to rally off, and hopefully we, we, we take uh, we take out Milwaukee for this series as well, just to give us a little bit of confidence and get the momentum going again. Right? Like I said, three out of the yeah. last five we've been winning. Let's continue that momentum. And like I said, I think we all agreed, Vaughn, just win the series. You don't have to sweep the series, just win the series, whether it's two or three, three or four, whatever. Just get something in there. Or even split a series. That's literally the definition of Cito Gaston's philosophy to play baseball. You win series, you win playoffs, you get to the playoffs, and then you get a chance to play in the playoffs. And if you win series in the playoffs, you win World Series. World series. There you go. <laughs> simple logic. But yes, it's very simple very logic. And baseball is not a mentally, logically bad and horrible game. It's just a very hard game to play. Yes, it is the definition of the hardest thing to do in sports, hitting a round ball that's going hundreds of miles an hour to hit a round ball. Yep. Physics kind of screwy. (laughs) So on that note, um, we don't have Jason here to finish out picks to click, but we'll get his pick here before the end of the night. Um, Ken, I'm sorry to say that you probably got eliminated really damn quickly last week. Damn. You had Danny Jansen. God. He did not do well. He did not do well, and he is probably looking at. I think he was officially put on the injured list. Yeah, finally instead of just dancing on the line. Um, so it was retroactive, so it won't be as long as everybody else thinks. Um, I I think he's eligible to come back. Actually, for now, probably by the time we record next week. All right. Whether he's feeling good enough to do that is a whole other question. But on that note, Ken, I'm going to let you be the deciding factor on the other three gentlemen because like I said you kind of got written off by the fact that your guy didn't play 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, so I'll list the names and you uh, without any who picked who, and you can uh, tell me who you thought was the best performer over the week, and we'll just call it. All right, we had Springer, Vladdy, and Varsho. Hmm. I'm gonna say Springer. I would also say Springer, and that's not even my pick. Yep. <laughs> he's been hitting the ball really well lately. Yes, he's been finding a way. I can't say anybody out of any of that group was a standout, but to that point, when you're looking at it, I do think those three. Springer had a good getting back to normal Springer week. Yeah. As I watch another guy that's starting to get way too damn hot, hit another double in Cavendish. Yes. <laughs> So, um, but Dalton Marshall, good enough. Not a bad week. Right. I'd say he's trending in the right direction, but it was yeah, really nice to see. Ball. He's our third. He's he's tied for second on the team with home runs this year. Correct. We just And if he can put the rest of it together. That's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> if he can just hit more doubles, hit more singles, he'll be fine. Correct. And I think that's coming. You're starting to see it. But yes, Kevin Biggio had a nice opposite field double off the wall again. So he's... I don't know what he's found lately, but fine, keep going, Kevin Vigio. <laughs> so, we want I want him to be, do well. And he'll hopefully one day he'll be my pick this for the season. You yeah. Know, like there you go. Yeah. So on that note, um, we didn't have a guest this week as our guest canceled last minute. Um, so his pick of Vlad in the guest spot carries over, but you can pick any other blue jay you would like, sir. <laughs> Who do I think is gonna be the next breakup for this the rest of the series? All right. Huh. You know what? I'm actually going to say Vladdy. I don't think I, I don't think I picked him yet. He's, you have not picked him, but he's already been picked by the guests. Damn you, guests. The carryover pick. <laughs> sorry, I thought that's Nuts. what I made clear a minute ago, but I guess. No, sorry. <laughs> so, you know what? I don't think I've ever picked Bichette yet, so. You have not? I will you pick Bichette. You've picked Kevin Kiermaier a lot. <laughs> And he's still one of your main on the team. So. And that's probably why you have four wins, sir. He got you two of the four. There we go. So who did you just... I'm sorry, I got too busy Bichette. Googling. Bichette. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jason, we'll get your stole. pick at some point here in the offline future. Yes. And, and I get the pick. And I, I think I'm just going to take advantage of the fact that I'm starting to see Kirk trend in the right direction. If he doesn't yeah. get it this week. Danny Jansen's going to come back and steal all catching opportunities from him. So I'm hoping for go. the best for my current favorite Blue Jay and Alejandro Kirk. <laughs> so I really hope that he gets a chance to solidify that a little bit this week because I think the bats finally start to come around as we all actually agreed on and discussed earlier in the show. Yeah, absolutely. So, anything else, Ken? No, I think I'm good, my friends. <laughs> Want to talk about our kids' like, wrestling project? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Listeners, we're also doing a wrestling podcast. Make sure we like. But it's not out. him and I. It's not him and I, but it'll be us and the, the kids. kids are hosting it. <laughs> the kids are hosting. So what's it called? It is called the Kids of the Ring. Kids of the Ring podcast. It's going <laughs> to be on our use on our YouTube channel. And uh, check us out, and you'll see Craig and myself again. And now you're going to see our kids talking about uh, the WWE. It's going to be fun. We're going to be literally wrestling with thoughts. <laughs> Pretty. Buzzing. <laughs> it's like I host stuff for a living. <laughs> anyway, good stuff, Ken. Um, but right. to that point, Blue Jay fans, this has been another lovely evening of Jaybird watching. Uh, make sure you do join the chat. We are here every week. We are the Blue Jays Barroom Chat, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com, part of fansided.com. 
join us, chit chat, find us on YouTube, any of the other places you can get your podcasting pleasures for. And make sure you click and follow and subscribe so you're alerted when we go live and all the other good stuff. So anyways, Ken, one, two, three. Let's go, Blue Jays. Kelly <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdwatchingGC, and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining us to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.